Welcome back to the Inside Source. This week we have a special guest, a new segment of our podcast, Connor Mullins, alongside Clark Sullivan. Today we are talking Mavericks basketball. We'll be doing this hopefully every week if we can or something like that, but tonight is the first game of the season. Mavericks, Suns, Clark, let's just talk offseason and go straight into it let's and do some it. expectations for the year. Yes. Man, well, it was, uh, I think it was a pretty good offseason for the Mavs. I would have expected, I usually have high expectations for the Mavs over the offseason, so it wasn't anything crazy, but um, I honestly feel really good about the offseason. People are upset about us losing Jalen Brunson. People think that we're going to be worse because we've lost that third ball handler, but I'm honestly not as worried about that as everybody else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, losing Brunson obviously stinks, but I, I mean, adding Christian Wood in the backcourt, even adding McGee. I don't mm-hmm. like JaVale McGee, yeah, but adding either. him to the backcourt, <laughs> I mean, it helps. It's depth. And yes. I, I saw a quote from him earlier that was like, after watching Luka last year in seven games, that's when I knew I wanted to be a Maverick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see how tonight goes, but talk about expectations for this year. You know, man, yeah. it, it's a Mavericks team coming off of Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. What are what are the expectations in Dallas right now for you? Yeah, as an well, MFFL. Yes, as an MFFL man. Well, I hate to put all the pressure on one guy, but everybody knows that's the case. The pressure is entirely on Luca. Uh, basically, the strategy at this point for the team is just to build as much as possible around that one guy. So um, if that doesn't work out then it doesn't work out. But that's our one strategy. We have more athleticism. We have more post potential with Christian Wood, with JaVale McGee. Christian Wood can shoot a little bit as well. And he had a great preseason. He had a great preseason. We have we added Jalen Hardy. We have Tim THJ Hardaway Jr. Back. coming back. I think it's we have a lot of really good weapons. And if we went as far as we did in the postseason last season without some of our weapons, I feel really good about it. I agree. And Spencer Dinwiddie had a, you know, he was great for us last year. And the Mavs won the most game games in the NBA after the trade for him. Mm-hmm. And Luca with Spencer after that trade had 30 points a game, nine rebounds a game, eight re- eight assists per game, a steal per game, plus 61 in the box, and went 16 and five. Yeah. I mean, nobody I saw does something. That. Nobody we does were that. talking about this a, a couple of weeks ago about Nico saying we don't need that that third ball handler because, you know, Spencer doesn't matter or something like that. It was something yeah. along those lines. But we have depth on this roster, and I'm really exactly. excited about it. You got Kleba, you got DFS, you got yeah. Bullock, you got all those guys coming back. We, have, yeah. we just have a lot more depth, I feel like, this year than we did last year. A hundred percent. And I think uh, I'm most excited, honestly, about Christian Wood in terms of new people. I would even count THGA as a new person because we don't know what he's going to look like coming off from injury. But I'm honestly most excited about Christian Wood. We're playing him off the bench starting the season, uh, and he seems to have a really positive attitude about that. But I think, given the right circumstances, that can make him a killer at the start of the season. He can He's going to have that extra drive to perform. He's going to perform for J-Kid, but he's also going to pre- perform for just the entire team because he wants to prove himself as an actual good player, not just a good player on a trash Houston Rockets team. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and I think it takes a lot of pressure off Luka to perform every single night. Not yeah. that he did have the pressure to do that last year, but it just helps him a lot more to have a guy that's better than KP. Mm-hmm. Christian Wood is much better than KP was, and I think this is a much better Dallas team than we did when we had KP and Luka at the helm. You know, Luka's got more triple-doubles in Mavs franchise history than any other Maverick combined, and he's it's only incredible. in year four. I mean, he's yeah. 
he's going to have another great season, but I think the addition of Christian Wood is only going to help. Yeah. A lot of people are slotting the Mavericks at three in their Western Conference predictions right now, which I think is fair. Yeah, it's you know, fair. I think I think that's great. Clippers one, Warriors two. I the mean, Clippers are going to be scary. They're stacked. <laughs> they are stacked. Didn't they get Kemba? Yeah. Uh, they yes, they have yeah. Kemba. Mm. No, no, they got John Wall. Yes. Yeah, they got they John Wall. John I was Wall. one of those point guards. Yeah, uh, Kemba's man. about to get bought out. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was I was looking at ESPN's um, player power rankings. Uh, so NBA rank, if you want to look this up for yourself, uh, Luca's ranked number three, second only to Nikola Jokic and Which Giannis Antetokounmpo. That makes sense. Makes sense. They're the two most dominant players in the league. They've won MVPs, multiple MVPs. They've proven themselves to be the best in the league. But the fact that Luca, at 24 years old, 25 years old, going to be, is ranked third behind them, ranked above Steph Curry, ranked above Joel Embiid, ranked above Kevin Durant. That is a that is proof that everyone, not just Dallas, has faith in Luka Doncic, and I think that that only makes him better. For some people, that would be too much pressure; they would have a hard time conforming to those expectations. But I think it just makes him better, so I'm excited. Oh yeah, I agree. And he's 38 points away from 7,000 for his career. He could do it tonight. He could do it against the Grizzlies. Yeah. I mean, he's he's gonna break that pretty quickly this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and incredible. after four years, he's averaging twenty-eight points a game, nine rebounds, and eight assists. Mm. I mean, that's those that's are unheard career of. numbers. Those, those are, are crazy numbers. Those are career numbers too, which is insane. Mavs ranked number ten in ESPN's latest power rankings, which is only in August, so they're not updated recently. But I think that that's pretty fair, putting them right there in the upper third of the league. Um, we still have a lot to prove because we've made some shifts. We've lost a huge player from last season in Jalen Brunson. So we have things to prove, but I honestly think that we can be even better than last season. So I'm really excited to see what, where we go. And I think the, the biggest thing to me that's been slept on by not just Mavs fans, but the NBA in general is the addition of Jaden Hardy mm-hmm. at number 37. He had a great preseason. He was averaging, in, I think in his first game in preseason, he had 21. Luca's first game in preseason, he had 15. Yeah. I'm not saying Jaden Hardy's going to be better than Luca <laughs> by any means. I'm just saying Jaden Hardy, that's a sleeper pick yeah. at number 37. And I think he's, well, he was expected to go mid-first round And in the he draft. was one of the best players in his high school class. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to get into the rotation, maybe not at the beginning of the year, maybe not tonight, but I'd say by January, February, he's going to have really key minutes for this Mavericks team in that backcourt. Absolutely. I, I think that Jalen Hardy is the player that – uh, the Mavs wish that Josh Green would have been. Um, I'm, he's a different player, obviously. His play style is different, but he is the he is the type of performer that we wish that Josh Green would have been. He has the offensive production. Um, he can handle those few key minutes and actually provide something, whereas Josh Green still hasn't proven himself to be able to produce. I'm not saying that he won't ever be able to, He's shown some flashes. He showed a, f- a couple flashes in the playoffs, but overall disappointing. So I would rather Hardy take every single one of those minutes. I agree. And I think another thing that stands out to me about this Mavericks team is their height. They've yeah. got some tall dudes <laughs> in that starting five. It's and huge. one of them, I know we don't like to talk about Dwight Powell very much, but <laughs> I saw this today and I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, every NBA player who's played all 82 games and shot over 67% from the field in a season since 2016. The only player to do it, Dwight Powell. Powell. 
I mean, that's it. I mean, that's crazy. He doesn't play a lot of minutes, and a lot of his minutes played are right under the basket. Absolutely. But. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I hate on Dwight Powell a lot, oh, and I did last do. season. But the reason that I hate it on Dwight Powell is because he doesn't need to be a starter. And he was playing a starting role. He wasn't performing nearly as well as he should have been or as a starter should be, especially in the playoffs. I loved Dwight Powell. I especially loved him whenever he was first getting a start off the bench. He clearly cares so much about the game, cares so much about the franchise, loves the team, plays really well with Luka in the pick and roll every once in a while. So he can be an incredible player coming off the bench for the Mavs. He just doesn't need to be in that starting role. And now that we've given that to JaVale McGee or potentially Christian Wood if we're playing small ball, it takes the pressure off and he can just perform in his 15 minutes a game and it'll be huge. He'll destroy second units with that. Oh, agreed. I think coming off the bench is perfect for him, not necessarily a starting role like you just said. Uh, I mean, if you have that front court of McGee, Wood, Kleba, and Powell off the bench, that's pretty solid front court, if you ask me. Yes. And that's not what we had last year. We haven't, we didn't necessarily have that when we had KP. But no. I think this is the most depth we've kind of had in that front court in several seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe since Dirk was really around. In a long time. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And before we go to break, you know, something else I saw today was that the Mavericks only have six players drafted in the first round on their wow. roster, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk it makes about sense, though. it makes sense because Jaden Hardy, second round pick. Dwight Powell, second round pick. Mm-hmm. Bertans, I haven't even talked about him yet. Yeah. We'll see what he does this year. We'll He's, see. He had some streaky games last year where he went off. Yeah. Second round pick. Dinwiddie, second round pick. The mm-hmm. other guys, Wood, Kleba, Finney Smith, Pinson, all undrafted, which yeah. I did not know Christian Wood was undrafted. But either. man, what a, what a pickup. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. It's exciting. And man, it's going to be such a fun season. And the NBA season actually started last night. And right after the break, we're going to talk about some expectations around the league. Well, the NBA officially started last night. Lakers and Warriors, the highlight game, you know, it was a crazy offseason, as always, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Clark, what are your expectations around the league in general this year? I know this is a Mavericks-focused podcast, but we yeah. got to talk about the NBA, NBA a little bit. Yes. I mean, this. I, f- I feel like I'm tired of saying this at this point, but the Western Conference is Stacked. going to be such a battle. It's ridiculous because now you add – LA Clippers into the mix whenever they were pretty much just out of the game last season because of Kawhi and because of Paul George with almost season-ending injuries for both of them. That's scary because the West was ridiculous last season, especially with the rise of the Grizzlies, with the Mavs getting into their stride, with the Warriors coming back. It's, It's really terrifying. And so honestly, I'm a little worried to see where Dallas ends up, but As we know, anything can happen in the playoffs. And so if we can perform there, then I'm not worried about that. I think, like I said, Clippers are going to be up there in the West. Warriors are going to be up there in the West. I really still don't think that the Lakers are going to be up there um, in the West. They're just not. They're not good enough as a team. I know somebody who's going to disagree with you, Joseph, if you're listening, man. I'm I'm sorry, (laughs) but your Lakers are not making the the playoffs. Uh, We'll see about making the playoffs. We'll see. But um, that was, I will say, that was one of my biggest joys last season was um, seeing the Lakers 
not even make oh, the yeah. play-in. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. Um, and so it's – especially after LeBron was hating on the play-in tournament and they were hoping to make the play-in. Um, but those are my expectations generally for the West. I think that um, – all of the teams that performed last season will continue to perform. Phoenix is going to be scary. Memphis is going to be scary. Um, it's interesting to me looking at this same power rankings thing that I was looking at in the last uh, before the break. There are only, let's see, one, two, three, four. There are four. Four out of the top ten teams in the power rankings are from the East, but one of them's barely scraping by in the Sixers. It's debatable because they're ranked over the Nets. Um, but I really think there are only three solid teams in the in the East, and that's Boston, Nets, Bucks, Milwaukee, yeah. and honestly, the Heat is where I was going. The Nets, we'll see. I think they'll be incredible, honestly. Um, so probably four. But and I think the addition of Ben Simmons for them, you know, having a full season. I know he's not great offensively, but defensively, he adds a lot. He's huge. Yeah, yeah. he's huge. I mean, physically and defensively. He, it, I don't know if you've seen like the videos of him locking down Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, I believe um, yeah. All yeah. this kind of stuff. Like he is, he's a beast. And so I think that the East is obviously not nearly as scary as the West, but there will be some good competition there. I agree. And another thing that kind of stood out to me from the West, you know, in recent weeks, was the beef between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, and then Jordan Poole getting a contract extension. Yeah. We'll see what's going on in the Bay Area, but I, yes. I think they're going to be very good again again this year. Yeah. With, you know, Moses Moody coming back for his second year, a guy that came off the bench for them, and you bring back Clay, Tom- Clay Thompson, Steph mm-hmm. Curry, all these guys. They're going to be really good. Kaminga. Kaminga, all those guys. Yeah. I mean, they're they're it's a loaded Western Conference this year, and I think the East, I agree, Bucks are going to be good. The Heat are going to be really good again. It's going to be tough to see, you know, what happens. In the last night, 76ers, I believe, took the win. Uh, uh, let me look. They took the win uh, over no. the Celtics. Celtics they lost. got the win. Okay, um, so Celtics got the win last night. Tatum and Brown both dropped 35, Yeah, that's, which is insane. That is insane. Jason Tatum's a beast. Uh, so Celtics get the win last night, 126-117. Lakers got – or, sorry, excuse me, Warriors got the win over the Lakers, 123-109. Mm-hmm. I think there's about a dozen games tonight, so a lot more action happening around the league tonight. Uh, it's going to be fun. You got Magic and Pistons, Wizards and Pacers, Rockets and Hawks, Pelicans, Nets, Bulls, Heat, Cavaliers, Raptors, Knicks, Grizzlies, Thunder, Timberwolves, Hornets and Spurs, Nuggets and Jazz, and then Trailblazers and Kings, and then Mavs and Suns, which I think is could be the best game of the night. I think in it all will honesty, be. It's because two top you're coming off. Teams. These are two teams that played in the Western Conference Finals last year, went to seven. It's gonna, or excuse me, in the semifinals last year and went to mm-hmm. seven. That's gonna be really fun to watch. And Phoenix and McGee going back to Phoenix, that'll be fun yes, as well. Yes, so, I'll tell you a team that I'm excited to watch real quick, yeah, which is give Cleveland. me a, give me a team. I'm excited to see Cleveland. Karis LeVert, Evan Mobley, uh, Darius it's a Garland, team. Uh, Ricky Rubio, um, Raul Nito, even Jared Allen. Like these guys are incredible. And then you and add number forty-five, Donovan Mitchell, in the offseason. I think everybody was incredibly surprised to see it. Everyone expected him to go to New York, but or Brooklyn. I l- or Brooklyn. But I love the move. People were hating on Cleveland for making this move. I think it's incredible because, like you said, young team, a lot of young talent. They're kind of looking for some leadership, which they haven't got had guys, since LeBron left. Which they haven't had since LeBron left. You, but you've got two guys, especially in Jarrett Allen and Darius Garland, who are just incredible. I love them. And so, if you add somebody like Donovan Mitchell, who can consistently take some of the weight off of those guys, 
that's a good team. I, I don't really care who wants to. I'll I'll go up against anybody with that with that hot take. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Cleveland's going to be a, a sleeper team this year. Another team that I don't think is going to be great this year, but they have a lot of young talent as well as OKC. Mm. You know, they've they've added those guys. I know Chet's out for this year, but they got mm-hmm. Shy Gilgis out, Alexander back. They got a bunch of draft picks in. I still think they're going to be a fun team to watch. They may not have yeah. a winning record at the end of the year, but I think this is a team that's going to be scary to watch in the mm-hmm. next few years with mm-hmm. all the picks and draft capital they have. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch and. Speaking of season openers, yes. by active players, most points per game, minimum three games. Jean Morant actually leads all active players with 32 points. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis after that, Trey Young, and then LeBron, mm. which is funny that those three guys are over him. You would think, well, LeBron's been in the league forever, yeah, uh, and I think this is a, a win-now situation for him in L.A. We'll see what happens, but <laughs> yeah, LA's, L.A.'s been a mess. Yes, um, they have. Yes, they have. All right, after the break... We're going to break down this Mavs and Suns matchup tonight. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So Mavs and Suns tonight. Phoenix has the edge right now in the spread at 4.5 in Phoenix, 9 o'clock game. These two teams hate each other. Devin Booker <laughs> does not it. like the Mavericks. The Mavericks don't like Devin Booker. <sighs> CP3 does not like the Mavs. The Mavericks don't like CP3. It's going to be a testy fight in night one yes. between these two teams. Yes. So give me an overall thought on this game, and then we'll give some picks. Man, I could not be more excited for this. I am a Devin Booker hater, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> I, I agree. I was sitting courtside at a Mavs game Um it was a privilege. It was gifted tickets. Don't worry. But um, I was sitting courtside at a Mavs game two or three seasons ago and watched Devin Booker hit a game winner, buzzer beater on my team, on the goal that I was sitting by. And it was just brutal. But that solidified it for me that I could never support the man unless, of course, he was on our team, which he never will be he at this will. point. But After I, last year, he will it, never be. No, abs- absolutely not. But it's interesting that you mentioned the spread because on ESPN's app, using ESPN Analytics, the matchup predictor actually has Dallas 60.8%. So that what that tells me is that it's kind of a toss-up. These are yeah. two incredible teams. Nobody knows how it's going to go. People haven't seen these teams perform yet these season, this season with the new rosters. An important thing to note is the injury report. Bertans is out. Neil Aquina is out. Uh, Jay Crowder is out. And Landry Shamit is out. Those Maxi are... is day-to-day, so we're not sure if he'll play or not. But those are some some key That's bench players. Depth. Exactly. I was going to say with the twos and threes when they come out, that, that makes a big difference. I mean, especially for the Mavericks with Neil Aquina being that defensive specialist that they yes. they really liked last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll hurt. And Shamit and Crowder. Crowder's their, like, lo- um what am I trying to say? The, their bench guy. Oh, he's, he's their the energy. Guy. He, yes. He's their energy guy. Whenever he comes off the bench, you know what he's going to do. He's going to draw fouls. He's going to get to the hoop. He's mm-hmm. going to make you pay. He is the what Dwight Powell used to be for the Mavs, except for better. Like he can yeah. just he just performs. And I miss the days when Jay Crowder was on the Mavericks roster. But at this point, I'm sick and tired of him. He was killing us all in the playoffs. I think he's the main reason why that team was even close to beating us but I mean again still pretty stacked Josh Okoge I forgot about him Devin Booker Chris Paul um you're bringing back DeAndre Ayton which is huge 
which is huge. And I know that he wasn't super excited about coming back to Phoenix, but I don't think it matters. I think now that he's getting paid, I think he's going to perform. Um, and he was performing before, but now that he has kind of that extra incentive to prove his worth, I think that he'll be pretty scary. I agree. And some of the things I'll be watching, I saw this on Twitter, but Luka and Spencer in the backcourt, that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, you don't have Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson, so we'll mm-hmm. see how this offense operates on night one. Right. It may not happen tonight. We'll see how it goes. How much Wood at the five we will see and with Maxi out. You know, let's see how much Christian Wood actually plays at the five instead of at the four. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I, I do to too. It. And how much the Mavericks defend Chris Paul in the pick and roll because you know how deadly he is in that pick and roll game. We saw it last year in the playoffs all season long and how aggressively they they uh, double Booker on ball. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when he gets the ball, you know what he's going to do. He's going to try to hit that three, try to, you know, get to the basket, draw a foul. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing he did all Huge. playoffs last yes. year was draw fouls. And I know Dallas fans have a lot of feelings about that. And then Phoenix's defense with Cam Johnson replacing Crowder in the Suns starting five is also a big deal. Cam Johnson's great. Uh, I like him a lot. Cameron Payne's also really good off the bench for them. Mm-hmm. But with Crowder out, we'll see what Cam Johnson can do in that starting five. Yeah, I think, too, you can't count on Chris Paul and Devin Booker to not perform like they did in the in the end of that playoff series last in the in the postseason. You can't perform count on them to not perform because these are two seasoned veterans. They are stars for a reason. They get paid the big money for a reason. They had 64 wins last season for a reason. So I think regardless of Chris Paul's age, regardless of how they performed in the postseason, you have to put some respect on their names. You have to guard them. You have to um, switch on them and play up on them. And so it's just scary. It's just scary. But I think that we have some new pieces that I'm excited to try out against these guys. This will be a really nice test in game one of some of our newer players um, to test them against seasoned veterans, not only seasoned veterans, but star players. Yeah, and another player we didn't really talk about for the Suns is Mikael Bridges and how good he is. He's been amazing. I think he's one of the most wow. underappreciated players in the NBA. I agree. You know, even when he was traded from – I remember when he was traded from the Sixers and during the draft yeah. to the Suns, and, I, I mean, I didn't know much about him then, but he's turned into a real star in Phoenix for them. Absolutely. Been a great role player. He uh, is terrifying as a fourth option. Oh, yeah. Especially, but the thing that people know him for and the thing that he deserves to be known for is his defense. Uh, we saw him Suffocating. locking up players, especially against Dallas. Even Luca, even Luca, which not many players are in the league can do. No, and I don't think anyone can truly lock up Luca. But it's saying something that even he had such a detrimental impact against Luca in that series. If you can just make him uncomfortable, that's even a big accomplishment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If, as a defender, yes, and Bridges made him uncomfortable that entire series. Yeah. Looking at the first 10 games for the Mavericks this year, it's tough. They got on the road tonight at the Suns. They got a home game against the Grizzlies. Then they go on the road for Pelicans and Nets after that. Then they have a long stretch of home games with the Thunder, Magic, Jazz, Raptors, and Nets. And then you go on the road to the Magic. Mm. What do you think their record is going to be after these first 10 games? Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say seven and three or six and four. I'm interested to see how the Mavs play against some of these top teams. We've never had a super hot start 
We've never been the team that kind of right off of the bat just performs incredibly well, meshes incredibly well. And that's even when we're bringing back most of our guys. So I'm not too worried about these first 10 games. I think that especially these first 10 games will be figuring out rotations. Jason Kidd figuring out if he's actually going to stick through with playing Wood off the bench or if he's going to actually start him. Um, it's it's a for every team, but especially for this team, it will be uh, a time of experimentation. And so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I'm not either. I think they'll be above 500 for sure, though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say six and four. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too optimistic right off the bat of the season. And there's there's a lot of really good teams on this list. I mean, going to Brooklyn to play the Nets is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I remember when Dinwiddie hit that buzzer beater to win last year. <laughs> that was amazing. So good. Uh, he was clutch that weekend in Boston and in Brooklyn. And Two then back to back. I think in the home stretch is where we really hit our stride. These first four games, you know, you're just back and forth a little bit. But the mm-hmm. Thunder, Magic, Jazz, Raptors, Nets, all, all at home. Yeah, I think you go five and zero there. In my opinion, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, but let's talk score predictions for tonight's game before we end this podcast. I'm yeah. gonna go. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna let you go first, and then I'll wrap it up. Okay, there you go. Um, I will never. I will never be the one to root against the Mavs or to say that the Mavs are going to lose. So don't expect that realism from me. I'm going to go Mavs by six. I'm going to go Mavs by four. Uh, I mean, we're going to be pretty close. I think it's still going to be a really close game either way. I think this is one that can go either way. Yep. Uh, it's a late game. It's in Phoenix. It's not going to be an easier environment, but I think Luka clutches up at the end of the day and we win this game. Absolutely. I agree. All right, well, that's our first week done for the Mavericks podcast. Mavericks taking on the Suns tonight at 9 o'clock. Stick with us next week, and we'll recap this game.